according to Mark, the 10th chapter. You're not going to find this in your bulletins, no matter how much you look. Um, I sent Jeannie the text for this Sunday a couple of weeks ago, and I mistakenly sent her the ones for All Saints Sunday instead of the ones for Reformation Sunday. And so I sent out an email last night correcting myself, but I'm sure y'all were not up checking your email. So anyway, just listen to the gospel according to Mark. They came to Jericho, and Jesus, as he, as um, Jesus and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bar Timaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately, he regained his sight and followed him on the way. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. I invite you to be seated. We are part of a Reformation church. What does that mean? We're part of a reforming church, a changing church. It's changing because a church isn't a place or an institution. A church is a people. People change. We celebrate the Reformation this time every year, a Reformation that's dated back to October 31st of 1517. It didn't all happen in a single day, but that's the day we put on the calendar. We say it started with one Catholic monk by the name of Martin Luther, a professor who back, would lived back in the 16th century. But really, Martin Luther picked up on the work of other people and voices that had come before him and also were a part of God's ongoing, transforming work in the world. God is always at work, changing, transforming, calling us forth into newness and abundance of life. Now, Luther had a peculiar habit. He read the Bible. Most people back then didn't, mostly even the monks and the priests were not really in the habit too much of reading the Bible. They could chant and recite the Latin, but they didn't spend a lot of time actually studying it. Martin studied it, which was a dangerous thing to do because as he studied it, it completely changed Martin. It changed who he was and the path he was on as a person, and it began to change the church of his day. In Romans, the passage we read, he found the key to a life of joy and fullness, of freedom, the unquenchable mercy and love and grace of God. That was his discovery which he found was constantly being poured out upon us every moment of our lives. 
without charge. God gives us an unlimited supply of love and forgiveness, a completely free lifetime offer, which was radical since the Catholic Church in Martin Luther's day was actually charging, you know, selling grace, requiring people to earn merit badges and buy tickets to heaven, called indulgences. He was so excited about God's promise of life and forgiveness that he started thinking up ways that he could share this good news, which is what gospel means, the good news, with all of his neighbors. And he got really creative about it. You know, in addition to the printing press and starting to print up flyers and everything else and preaching every chance he got, got, he also introduced the idea of congregational singing, something that some of us have missed a lot and are glad to see coming back, even if it's slowly. He would take music from popular artists of his day and write and put scripture lyrics to them. Why? Because anything we sing, we remember. So if you want people to remember scripture, you just put it to song, which is how we wound up singing A Mighty Fortress Is Our God to the tunes of Johann Sebastian Bach. He rejected monastic life. He made marriage, parenting, common everyday work and chores, the stuff of faith and religious life. He said, that's the holy stuff. If you really want to be a person of faith, if you want to learn patience, if you want to learn endurance, if you want to know what love is all about, become a family person. Get married, have kids, and you'll learn a lot really fast. He rejected the monastic life. He said, priests and nuns, you too, you know. If you really want to be holy, stop acting so holy, get married. Reject celibacy, be human. He translated the scriptures into German. That was against the law for him to do. It was only in the Latin at the time. And, you know, scholars could get the original text, the Hebrew and the Greek, um, but the common people were not allowed to have it in their languages, and so nobody could read the scriptures. He translated it, and all of a sudden, boy, that opened up a can of worms, because now people started peeking in there and saying, wait a minute, to their ministers, you know, to the priests. Um, I can't find any of that stuff you're telling us in this book. He doesn't say that. He took faith formation out of the hands of the priesthood and put it into the hands of parents. He said, you are the best equipped to teach your children. And so he published these little books that we call catechisms. Catechisms are, uh, they teach you based on questions and answer formats. Ask the question, gives the answer. Ask the question, gives an answer. Catechisms were given to the parents, and he said to the parents, just go through the catechism with your children, and he'd teach it to them. Everything they need to know is right there. Sunday schools did not start until hundreds of years later, and they were only a result of a whole lot of uh, wild children living on the streets in the cities and causing vandalism and crime and all sorts of issues. And so churches said, we got to do something about all these ruffians out here and uh, these kids in gangs and 
kids living off the street, and they said, so what we'll do is we'll just have school on Sunday, and it had nothing to do with religion. They did try to teach them character and morals and things like that, but mainly they taught them to read and write and do their arithmetic. That's a novel thought. Reading scripture, following the proddings of the Spirit. Look what happens. Amazing. Major shift in thinking. Total paradigm shift that spread all across Europe. A complete reformation of what it meant to be church and to live a life of faith. Today, what it means to be the church and live in faith is still unfolding. Why? Because... The work of the Holy Spirit is reforming individuals and hearts and, and doing this and transforming our lives into the lives of Christ. And when God changes one of us, God also changes the church. It only takes one. A story. The concert came about through one of those sort of nudges of the Spirit that open us to doing things that we normally think we wouldn't want to do or we never think of doing. Well, there had been another senseless death on Chicago's rather impoverished near west side where Harmony Community Church was located. They were tired of buildings riddled with bullets. We're seeing this in Kansas City and places all around us today. You know, people are complaining. There's so much gunfire and their houses and buildings are bullet marked. So, Harmony Community Church decided to start a campaign. They called it Stop the Violence. And they wanted to call, especially a halt to all the shootings of African-American young people in the city neighborhoods of Chicago. Michael Costello was the cantor at Community, I mean, sorry, at Cantor at Grace Lutheran Church. Now, Grace Lutheran Church was safely out in the suburbs, right? But they began wondering what their church could do in terms of mission and what maybe their musicians could do specifically to help the efforts of Harmony Christian Church there on the near west side. So Michael was thinking to himself, the cantor in the suburbs was thinking, what can we do, what can we do? And he thought, what about Bach Against Bullets? That's catchy. He had in abundance at Grace Lutheran Church Fabulous music, wonderful musicians, this huge music program. They had a monthly Bach Cantata Vesper service with the congregation, and it had sponsored that for 40 years. And so Grace could share this beautiful classical music with the community of Lawndale as a way of standing with other Christians, he thought. And he asked himself, could music be used to affirm God's presence and counter the violence? So then a cellist in the orchestra said, art deserves as much attention as violence. It inspires hope and positivity. So Michael contacted the music leader at Harmony Community Church there in Lawndale, and together they planned a Saturday walk against violence, and there would be a community prayer service and all the singers and musicians from Grace Lutheran and Harmony Community Church volunteered to help. So they got together and did this project. And on the day of the event, 
The members of both congregations gathered there on Chicago's bullet-ridden west side at Harmony Church. They did their work, walk, they did an outdoor prayer service, and the Harmony praise singers warmed up the crowd. During the offering, the audience called for more music. We want Dr. Anderson to sing, they yelled out. So baritone Douglas Anderson, a neurosurgeon, and Bach cantata soloist stood up and offered a stirring a cappella rendition of How Great Thou Art. The classical musicians from Grace performed the Bach cantata, which, uh, I don't know what, BWV, how do you say that? Uh, 80, yes. Which is based on uh, the well-known Battle Hymn of the Reformation, which we sing as a mighty fortress is our God. Adults and children from Grace and Harmony churches admired one another's music, they visited one another over cookies and lemonade into the afternoon, and they had so much fun, they decided to keep planning future projects together. The devil flees before the sound of music, Martin Luther used to say. The devil flees before the sound of music. One little word can foul him. That's in our lyrics. And that one little word is Jesus. Well, the pastor concluded the sermon saying the devil is always prowling around and that's why we have to keep singing and praying and marching and working to make peace. We are part of a Reformation church, which means we're being reformed all the time, that, that we're a changing church. Why? Because the church is not the building or the institution or the bishop or any of that. The church is made up of people, people who are discovering a way of living that is centered in Christ. And when God changes one of us, God changes the church. It all started with a wooden box. Don't you imagine this wooden box? It was an Eagle Scout project built by Matt Wohan, who was a member of Hosanna Lutheran Church in Rochester, Minnesota. He said the original purpose of his Eagle Scout project was that he was going to build a donations box, a food donations box, for people to come and put food in um, for people in need, kind of like Ronald McDonald House or something, you know, that there would be food donations there. And he said he built it, he used solid oak, and he put it on piano legs because he wanted it to be really sturdy. And his dad helped him build a hinged top to it and inside there were shelves and he gave the box a name and he called it sharing and caring. Matt Wohan would never have guessed the impact that box was going to have on his entire community. Sharing and caring became this way of life because over the next 13 years after he made that box, the members of Hosanna Lutheran Church kept finding more and more and more ways to take on this food ministry and to give to the community. For example, a team of people who like growing vegetables got together and decided they would start a community garden out on the grounds of the church. And more than 800 pounds of produce from that garden were donated to the regional food bank in the first year. Now there are four community gardens in the neighborhood, all donating produce. And it all started because Matt Wohan built a sharing and caring box as an Eagle Scout project. 
But that wasn't all. Then once everybody saw the community gardens going, well, then, you know, it's like, okay, what else can we do? So then the morning women's Bible study group at Hosanna Lutheran Church decided to do a hot dish project. They would get together and make all this wonderful hot food and put it in little containers and freeze it and put it in a freezer there. And people from the community could come in and get a frozen dinner to take home and warm up so they'd have a hot supper. So they did this. They used memorial funds and they bought a freezer to put all the prepared meals in. And it wasn't long before that ministry was added to what the congregation was doing in the community. But that wasn't enough. When they had success with that, well, then somebody else said, hey, what else could we do? Oh, I know. Let's open a food pantry. So then Hosanna Lutheran Church opens a food pantry. In the first year, it serves short-term food needs for 300 people. The food comes from the regional food bank, but it also comes from the membership there at Hosanna. And where do they put the food that's donated? Well, they put it in that box. Sharing and caring food pantry box that Matt built for the Eagle Scout project 12 years prior. Today we celebrate Reformation Sunday not because of what Luther did 500 plus years ago, but because of what God is doing today. We celebrate Reformation because of what God is up to all around us all the time, in us and through us and in our communities, writing God's will into our hearts and minds and reforming our lives so that as the body of Christ living in God's abundant and free grace, we can truly be God's faithful people in the world. Amen.